the subject of this evening's talk is the art of practice. In giving reflection to some of the major areas of interest in life, we can begin to sense through our practice that specialized areas may not be so far apart from each other as we sometimes think and believe. And we might take as an example of this three areas, the whole area of scientific uh, in inquiry through observation, um, reflection, insight, experimentation, ethical experimentation of course, um, the whole area of um, art and its creative dimension and contribution to existence, then the whole area of spirituality which emphasizes a truly expansive and caring awareness to life, that these three areas in life can very much begin to meet together for a person who is committed to a life of understanding and wisdom. And so we might say that in the, our own Western traditions with its strong background, religious background, Judaism, Christianity, strong background of inquiry from Greece and Rome to the, to the present day. And the combination of that with the Eastern traditions of inquiry, the meditative approach, can very much and uh, effectively, let us say, come together in one's whole spiritual practice. And that they are not opposed or polarized these various traditions from each other when our practice is viewed as an inquiry and as an art. In a talk the other evening I mentioned the dangers of a limited view of practice, spiritual practice, in that it brings certain unnecessary constraints on the mind and prevents us coming into a much more uh, expansive awareness. And one of the reasons which for, for encouraging a much more expansive view towards the totality of spiritual practice is that in a very real way it makes us all much more accessible to a creative approach to life. And I feel and sense with ourselves that if we can approach life far more creatively than we actually do, we can, out of that response, find ourselves much more close to life 
to the cycle of life, the actual expression of it, because we'll feel ourselves in a very real way to be participating in the creative process of existence. And this area of creativity, the art of, art of praxis, is, like with the nature itself, expansive. Expansive insofar as it reaches into every single area of our life, every single moment of our life. And thus there is the opportunity for us to really explore in ourselves new areas, fresh areas of creative expression. And it seems to me that creative expression, as we may know through movement, whether of uh, ballet and tai chi, the creative ex expression through visual forms of art and through music, etc., that in another, that, that all of that can be included, and yet the spiritual element which can pervade into those areas also can pervade into many other areas as well. And it seems that once again in our life that with these areas and, and traditions in ourselves, we need to broaden out, open out inside of ourselves a, a much more fuller view of what art is, or a much more expansive view of what creativity is. So that there's the obvious um, recognition and appreciation of it in the obvious particularized areas, but for a spiritual human being, it goes further and therefore deeper than that. And the characteristic of this a creative um, expression and the sensitivity towards it is being able to see and to recognize, it's always essential, to be able to see and to recognize how all activity can be creative. It's, it's according to the response of our heart, the response of our mind, the kind of attitude which we bring in to life. In giving consideration to making our practice an expression of crea creativity, we, look at our to, we need to look at our life and to see quite noticeably where we observe in ourselves, we ex express some creative expression. Where we see that actually happening inside of ourselves, the way that that manifests in some way or other. And we need to be aware too, correspondingly to, the areas in our life which we tend to neglect through the force of habit, through mechanical relationship to life, which tend to blind us to that as an expression of ourselves. 
And so this bringing out the, uh, a more fuller view towards life is looking at where there's expression and where there's a lack of it as far as our own awareness is concerned. It seems to me rather, rather unfortunate, I don't know how it is here in the States, but certainly characteristic of this in, in uh, England, that creative ex expression has become and is regarded as something of a, a competitive activity. And, it, and it's, to me it's the height of ridiculousness that people take examinations with regard to art and to music and that somehow one person or another can be better than, other, than another. And, it, and it's this kind of uh, uh, competitive emphasis which so, might make someone, as far as uh, the specialist concerned, better in one way or another. But it seems so easy that people use their expressive creation to measure themselves. That instead of some being creative and expressive, having a value unto itself, and seeing the, the enormous significance of it, it has a value only if it proves to be better than somebody else's. It has a value in comparison to, and not a value unto itself. And unfortunately, education generally has its values so lopsided that it fails to recognize the significance, the psychological, spiritual significance of, of being a creative human being. Some time ago when I was um, in, in Thailand, there, there, we were staying in the, in, the, in the forest. And in staying in the, in the forest there, we, one of the monks, inspired by this um, rather beautiful Zen tradition of using rice paper and um, black pen, just using simple uh, uh, tools of, of this tradition of just meditating and in just meditating, in formal way, formal posture, waiting via that for inspiration to come, and then finding a ways to mean, to say through the pen in this case, to express that, that inspiration. And one of the monks, the Thai, Thai monks, reading and hearing about this uh, tradition, one day just sat in his uh, hut and he he got a, a large pad and a pen and he decided he would just sit and sit with himself till some inspiration came through in order that he might express it directly and spontaneously. And in using these materials, those of you who are familiar with this uh, practice, you, you can't afford to stop. You know, you, 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 you engage in the action 
And if you think about what you're doing, the paper gets ruined, the pen lodges, etc. So it's a, it's a, the art of practice of spontaneous activity. And he sat down, he had no idea what he was going to do. And he sat and sat with it. And the energy inside began to flow through, move through himself, through his body, through his fingers. And he ended up, because of a devotional nature towards uh, his teacher, Ajahn Buddhadasa, of doing some drawings of some of the kind of familiar postures and uh, mannerisms of this teacher. And he did about 16 or 20, as I remember, simply one after the other. And they were extraordinary caricatures of this. <laughs> and it seems, seems to me it's not so much the end result which counted, though we all enjoyed them, <laughs> but rather that something inside is being tapped into and in that tapping into something, it begins to express itself and cannot help find its manifestation outside of oneself. And that's the, 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 the characteristic of uh, coming into oneself and deepening one's sense into oneself, that some way or other, either in the short term or in the long term, there's an expression, a creative expression inside of oneself which begins, whether one likes it or not, begins to flow through. And so that one's inner journey and inner life, as I say, begins to touch the levels of creative expression. And one, and one wishes, one wants to, one's heart and interest and focus is towards in a very organic way, enabling that to happen. And spirituality and creativity, instead of being, as it were, two different vehicles, two different interests in life, begin to run together like parallel lines or one line, singularly in that inner contact. And one of the ways that, that that shows itself is that in that in inwardness which is, which is taking place, quite often, of course, we, during the course of our meditation practice, get good ideas. That in the access to oneself, and plenty of people come who come on retreats and come on them regularly, part of the um, process of coming on the retreat is to gain more and more a sense of inner renewal, but an inner renewal which in a way is towards extending oneself outwardly in this world. And that inner contact, as I say, and many people speak of this, brings about an emergence of new ideas new ways of working, new ways of expressing, new ways of communicating, new ways of, of being. And the point is that, that with those ideas, in order them, for them to be actually actualized in our world, 
it's going to require an energy which is going to en enable us to do it. The idea itself only has a validity, and this world is very much, I mean, in good Plato tradition, very much influenced by ideas, that this world of uh, the inner idea, finding expression means it needs an energy behind it. It needs an awareness, it needs a discrimination, it needs a reflection, but especially it needs an energy behind it so that it goes into this world. And that free flow of energy is its own joy. Now what we actually experience in our life, what we find and observe frequently in our life, that two things tend to hinder us from the art of practice. One of the things which hinders us is fear. We see something we would like to bring into the world to ex express. We intuitively acknowledge in ourselves the, the significance, the beauty and uh, the possibility of something. And it's the fear factor as the major restraining force in our life which prevents that actualization. Fear of, often what others may think. Fear coming because if it doesn't succeed, it will be uh, a proof that I am a, a, a failure. Fear coming because there's a conditioned pattern in the past, obviously, with regard to fear, and we're not used to making small leaps in our life. We're just simply not used to it. We're not used to going beyond ourselves. And human progress and all human, meaningful human change has required for it one factor amongst many and that is a struggle. All meaningful human change has by necessity at some point or other meant that the human being or human beings as a collective have engaged in a struggle. And it is this frequent unwillingness in life to engage, to reach that place where there's going to be struggle with oneself which separates those people who remain restrained and those people who say, yes, I'm going to partake of this struggle, which I have to go through with myself, with life or whatever, in order that something creative or significant can be manifest. And with great frequency in our life, we, we come to the place or point of struggle, we dip our toes for a minute or two, and we say, the water's too cold for me, no way, thank you. So creative expression, meaningful expression, the expression of the idea into life or the feeling into life in some way or other, means that it doesn't come easy. Because of this restraining factor, which is fear. 
And the other element which prevents life as a practice, life as an expression, as an art, and all that is implied in that, is the lack of power of mind, empowerment of mind, maybe a better word, the la this lack of empowerment of mind, so that the idea manifests, but there's, it's not that the fear is so much the problem, but rather there is the lack of the energy. So it manifests. It's there in consciousness. One recognizes, again intu intuitively, the potential for something in oneself, but the energy is not there, procrastination. Tomorrow, next week, next month, New Year's resolution, after Christmas. <laughs> and it's the combination of the influence of the past with fear, the lack of, or the lack of energy and a postponement into the future, which prevents us from transforming ourselves and our world. And so this encouragement which you and I need to give to ourselves, to give to each other, is somehow to bring a correlation between the idea and the energy and the here and now focus to bring those three into some kind of alignment in our life. And with, with, that, with that alignment, one will engage in struggle when necessary with oneself and difficult tendencies, with situations which seem to prevent us from doing as we feel is useful, as well as the cutting of the mind which says, cutting off of the mind which says tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. So that this, this correlation or alignment can truly take place in one's life. If we can get a feeling for for what this means, then there is no tomorrows. As far as being a creative person. And so the challenge which comes to us in life is the one which is dealing directly with life in the here and now situation and finding ways that we can express what is within out outwardly. This means for us that the major areas of one's life all as it were come into our view come into our perception. And one of the things which one notices with bringing everything into one's life, as was mentioned the other evening, one's communication with life does actually undergo a certain kind of 
sensitivity. What I mean by that is, if you and I, in the most ordinary everyday task, truly put, apply our mind's attention to it, no matter how ordinary it is, you know what I mean, <laughs> no matter what the situation is and how frequently it is um, uh, engaged in, that directing of the attention to that area brings a whole different feeling factor to it, a whole different kind of quality to it. And when one is engaged in activities and really putting the mind's attention to something again and again and again, and in some cases giving many, many hours to complete attention to one area of life or activity and, and being wholehearted in that, something inside of oneself begins to emerge out of it. Something inside begins to, to come through in some way or other of a way of seeing, of relating, of making a communion with which one just didn't know before. One just had no idea of before. And so this transformation of, of the world, both in real terms, terms of the social reality and, the ex and all that is implied in that, as well as the transformation of the world in our way of looking at it and feeling it and experiencing it, comes through this application of the fullness of attention to something. Let me give you, if I give you a personal example to help um, illustrate a little. Some time ago, where are we, 83, 10 years ago now, I had the uh, um, enormous um, privilege in this world of um, um, living in solitude. I mean, it's a privilege to be with people, but it's also a privilege to... Anyway, <laughs> and... <laughs> get the balance here. Um, and during this um, period in living um, in the hills on this um, island in the uh, Gulf of uh, Siam, there was there um, a tree. And each day I would give... Uh, a lot of care and attention to the observation of this tree. Different times during the day, different colours which would manifest, of course, during the different times. The life went, which went on in the tree, the sounds that the wind made um, through the trees, the roots, having the feeling for the roots of the tree, burrowing and making um, into, the, into the earth the form, the colour of the tree, the tree in relationships to space, in relationship to, to time, to oneself. And so many, 
many hours and sometimes a bit boring, sometimes real feeling of energy towards, some, sometimes the restless, restless mind and so forth. But in the renewing of that contact, in giving of that full, full attention to the tree, one began to sense a kind of closeness, a kind of deep inner feeling of a particular relationship to. And not that particular, and I think it's the important thing, not that particular tree unto itself, but nature and trees. So one, as it were, became archetypal for the representation or the actuality of trees in this world. And just in the course of time, through this giving this full attention to one particular object, creative object in the nature, growing, expanding, somehow or other the consciousness quite naturally begins to respond to it. And a result of that has, has been that is in, the, in the very journey of time, when the feeling with regard to closeness to nature and to trees somehow or other got expressed through one period of time, giving fullness of attention to, and it having a sustaining renewal factor in one's connection with life and with trees. In other words, sometimes we, we acknowledge we appreciate something. Sometimes we have ideas that we appreciate something. But there is not, because of many situations, understandably, there's not that fullness of attention towards. And it's that fullness of attention which makes all the difference. And attention alone. So sometimes in our living experience in the, the art of practice, it's so necessary for us to make time in our life, as we are doing here, to, to stop and to truly look, be aware, to truly observe what is happening around, to be in touch with that, so that one can recognize the expression of care. And there are many gestures, many gestures which take place, of course, in the center here and, and in the world around, where something inside of a person has been caring, has been sensitive, has acknowledged something, and it has flown or traveled through the mind and come out into this world. It's this which will change this world. The sense of create creativity and its, and its connection with the spiritual na nature of a human being, as I mentioned, is very, very close. 
And this rapport with life, sometimes in our connection with life, we find that the ego arises and creates a gap. And we lose, as I mentioned earlier, the sense of expression in life as having tremendous value unto itself. And I think sometimes we have to repeat this and remind ourselves in every way possible that the expression itself has its own inherent value to it. The tree grows because that's its, that's its, it, it's, its nature. And in this expressing and enabling this to happen more and more, we find at times that the ego itself, while acknowledging it can give encouragement to one's own creative nature, also can be a hindrance. You're engaged in doing some particular work, some creative activity, you're fully focused there, you're fully in tune with what you're doing, you're sensing an, a, a harmony within that particular situation. Someone, whatever you're writing, you're typing, you're drawing, you're listening, you're making or whatever, and someone comes along, taps you on the shoulder and says, phone's ringing for you. And easily the ego arises it leaps up inside one's consciousness with a degree of frustration, uh, anger, irritation, and it's because one has broken that creative flow. Oh, I have to do, got to do something else. And part of life, with all the movement and flow and, the, and adjustments to it, is being able to find ways and means for our inner energy to truly flow. And the meditative aspect of what that means is means that it's flowing in a non-preferential way. It flows in the making, it flows in the movement of the body, it flows to picking up a telephone receiver. The feeling for that, that harmonization with, with life means that one's spirituality, one's creative urge, really find expression. If we can get because we make it a, a part of our, pr our practice, a feeling for what that means in life, and a sense for its quiet significance, and the willingness to work to make it applicable in our life, the feeling factor of our whole day in our daily life, here and anywhere else, is going to feel different.
So this transforming which is taking place, which is coming out of the old, is bringing into our life a certain kind of freshness which allows you and I to give extra care and attention to areas where we really need to do that. And putting in that care and attention into that brings, once again, as was mentioned the other, other evening, brings clearly into focus the whole realm of form, space, relativity, harmony, interconnectedness. Those elements of, of life begin to keep registering themselves inside of our consciousness. And you know, when that begins to keep registering inside of your consciousness, unity, harmony, interconnectedness, oneness, and you keep seeing that again and again with your eyes, with your ears, with your, with your heart, with your, with your thoughts, with your awareness, that's just what you keep seeing. And the old mind of seeing conflict and, and fragmentation and, and division and all that is there within that seems to be something in the foreign area, as it were, in the foreign area of one's mind. One can see that is occurring in the world, but because the seeing is such, for a creative seeing, and the order of it is such, that one, inwardly one sees unity, harmony, interconnectedness, actually present in this world, in spite of the other. And if you begin to see that, and you begin to see that in the small things, if you begin to feel that with your backside on the, on the cushion, you begin to feel the air on your face, the sky above, the earth below, the people who are in your life and connected with you in, in your life and around you, if you begin to feel that in all the dynamics and the extraordinary vitality of the city and the, and the unity and the harmony of the, the countryside, you begin to see and see and see again and again in this way. And because of an owing to that seeing, you're, all you can do is express in one's own small way that seeing. The speech expresses it, the thought expresses it, the heart, the awareness only wants to express that seeing. And so that kind of seeing, and uh, what emerges out of it, we don't have to go anywhere for it. That is the beauty of it. Everything else in life, one may have to go here and there for, one may have to go and get and find and, and uh, look or buy or, or whatever. But this, you don't. Every moment is its revelation. Everything which comes to your eyes and your ears and your nose and your tongue and your sensation 
in your heart, in your, in your thought, is in itself the revelation of unity. The revelation of what we all partake and share in. All of it, without exception. And if we in our life can allow, just allow ourselves to sense and feel, and feel that, then we embrace life. May all beings develop the art of practice. May all beings abide in creative expression. May all beings live with an expansive awareness. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.